0: Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about the generous executive. Sarah saw her new situation as good news, bad news. The good news was that Janet, her boss, had given a green light to a project Sarah had conceived of and proposed. The green light was a clear demonstration of Janet's confidence in Sarah. Good news. The bad news was that Janet told Sarah to co-lead the project with Will. I've worked with him before, she told me, during a coaching session. He's great when it comes to ideas, but man, he sucks at execution. I end up sweeping up after him, and I'm tired of it. Besides, she said, pointing angrily, it's my project. If anything, he should be sweeping up after me. You make it sound like a competition, I said, as if one person has to be in front of the other. She didn't like the way that sounded. She thought for a while, then said, I wonder whether I would have felt the same way if it had been someone besides Will. She thought some more and said, You know, I think I would have been fine if it were Anne or Stephen. I really think this is about Will. Well, if you feel competitive with Will and he's going to be your co-lead, how are you going to deal with that, I asked. She laughed and said, Very carefully. A little over a month later, she was angry about Will all over again. He talks with people about the scope of the project, she said, and then he dumps the information on me like any follow-up is my responsibility. It's like he's assigning work to me. And what do you tell him, I asked her. I don't know what to tell him. I'm thinking of asking Janet for a little help. Before you do that, Sarah, can we explore that idea? I asked Sarah how she thought Janet could make the situation better. She said she thought Janet could clarify Will's responsibilities versus hers. I said, Sarah, this is your project. To me, that means it's your job and Will's job to decide whose responsibilities are whose. It's not Janet's job. Sarah sat silently for a long time. After a while, I went on saying, Sarah, I talk with top-level executives for a living. I can't tell you how often I hear these men and women say, They hate having to settle squabbles between their direct reports. And believe me, this thing with you and Will, it's a squabble. Sarah asked if I could help her settle the squabble. And I said, yes, that was a perfect coaching topic, and that, yes, I had lots of squabble-settling tools. But first I wanted to talk about something else. I wanted to talk with her about why this squabble was happening in the first place. Sarah said, well, she knew why. It was Will's lack of respect. I answered, I wonder if there are other reasons too, Sarah. Is it possible you're trying to protect your project? I mean, look, this was your baby, and suddenly someone barged in and is co-parenting with you. You didn't ask for his help, and he parents really differently from you. I wonder if you want Janet to set boundaries around Will so he'll keep his hands off your baby. She admitted that might be true. And then she added, You know, sometimes it feels like this project of mine is getting invaded. So, yeah, I want to put up boundaries to protect myself from the invaders. I mean, it's not pretty. I'm not proud of that. But I think it's true. By way of answer, I asked if I could tell her a story about another client of mine named Lori. I had coached Lori off and on for several years. One of her major goals had been to become more visible to the senior executives of her Fortune 500 company. Over the years, she had raised her profile, and she was acquitting herself well. Then, one day she found herself in her very first one-on-one meeting with Bruce, the COO. Usually, Lori only saw him in meetings. In his office, just the two of them, Bruce asked Lori if she would head a task force that would audit the ethics group. Bruce told Lori she would have the freedom to suggest any changes she thought necessary from personnel to procedures to budget. I understand you don't know the group, Bruce had told her. That's why I picked you. We are under intense scrutiny right now, and I need to be sure the ethics group is beyond question. Lori asked about VJ, the head of the ethics group. I only know him a little, she said. "'What does he think about me coming in with this task force?' "'I don't think he was happy about it,' Bruce said, "'but I didn't really give him a choice. "'I made it pretty clear this train was leaving the station. "'He could either get on board or get out of the way.'" Lori had a sense of dread. "'If VJ was upset and resistant, "'the audit was going to be a bloody affair. "'No one was going to look good at the end.'" Bruce went on. "'If you say yes, Lori, and I hope you will,' V.J. is waiting for you in his office. Lori told me she thought she was going to be sick as she walked towards V.J.'s office. She kept imagining how pissed off she'd be if the positions were reversed. But she was a good soldier, so she took a deep breath and knocked on his door. To her amazement, when she entered his office, V.J. stood up, smiling, extended his hand and said, "'Lori, this is going to be great for the department.' And I'm so glad you're the one who's going to be leading the task force. You're a great choice. I can't wait to get started. Lori shook her head at the memory. I stopped dead in my tracks, Tom. My first thought was that he was putting me on. But he wasn't. He was totally on board. From that moment on, Vijay and I were thick as thieves. We ended up getting along so well we were finishing each other's sentences. Lori laughed and said, Bruce kept calling us into his office, and always together. He'd never meet with just one of us because he didn't want to show favoritism. He kept asking us, are you two really okay? Like he couldn't believe we weren't ripping each other's heads off. But Vijay only wanted what was good for his group and for the company, so it was really easy to get along together. Lori was particularly proud of what happened at the next all-hands meeting, a worldwide event with tens of thousands of employees tuning in. During his presentation to the company, Bruce gave specific recognition to Lori and Vijay. He called them by name and had them stand. He said their collaboration was a huge success not because it focused on the ethics group. It was a success because it focused on what's good for the company. And Vijay and Lori focused individually on what was good for each other. Generous spirits like theirs are what's going to keep this company growing. We all need to strive to be like them. When I ended the story, Sarah said, Wow, (laughs) Vijay is a real hero, huh? I mean, that's an amazing attitude. He made it a real collaboration. To which I said, Yes, he made it the opposite of a squabble. Sarah saw that squabbling with Will couldn't possibly benefit her with Janet or with her peers or her direct reports. A squabble could only make her look petty and territorial. So we began to examine how she could emulate VJ. What would it mean, we asked, if Sarah were to operate only in the best interest of the company and stop worrying about her project? Not surprisingly, as she considered that question every day, she began to change. Where Sarah had wanted boundaries, she now found she didn't need any. One day she laughingly remarked, You know, I used to think Will was an invader. Well, now I'm opening the door and asking him to come on in and have a seat. It's really different. She shook her head and said, It's weird. I think... It's natural to want to keep your work to yourself. Your work represents you. It feels like part of you. But resisting collaboration can't benefit you. I don't believe anyone wants words attached to them like ungenerous, uncollaborative, territorial, or difficult. Generosity and cooperation are crucial components of the look and sound of leadership. If you'd like to be sure that you are being perceived the way you want to be perceived, four other podcasts you might listen to are Act As If, Assertion Versus Aggression, Be Impeccable With Your Word, and Disagree Agreeably. Each of those four podcasts, and all our others, can be found on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's with 2 mscom From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That'll take you to a free archive of over 100 podcasts. When you're there, you can search the archive by categories that interest you, and one of those categories is Perception, How You're Perceived. There are more than 60 tips in that category to help you be perceived the way you want to be perceived. From the website, you can also download every tip as a PDF to save for yourself or forward to others. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.